Before we get started, I'm trying to reach out one of our listeners I don't have contact information to, George W. If you'll email me at redandwhitepodcast at gmail.com, I'd appreciate it. This episode of the Red and White Podcast is brought to you by Will Sossaman, commercial real estate advisor at Phoenix Commercial Properties right here in Raleigh. Will is a huge Wolfpack fan and NC State alumni whose passion is helping buyers, sellers, landlords, and tenants find clear strategic solutions for their property needs. If you're thinking about leasing, buying, selling, or even investing in commercial real estate, you need a local professional with superior market knowledge on your side. Give Will a call, 919-632-6953, and I'll link his email address in the description of this podcast. Remember that when it comes to commercial real estate, where there's a will, there's a way. Go Pack. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves. I was raised by the wolves, eight to the full. Run through the night, playing with your life. All right, folks, we are back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. I'm your host, Evan, here with my sober friend, Will. Middle of the day on Friday, Will, you're not absolutely hammered yet? No, you know, it's a happy, happy Veterans Day for everyone. And uh, no, I actually still had to do some work today, so um, uh, it's one of those, you know. That is unfortunate. Yeah, work gets in the way of me recording lots and lots of more podcasts, but whatever. <laughs> It's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah, it probably is for the best. Oh, I want to rattle off some stats for your number 16th ranked in the college football playoff Wolfpack. I'm sure most people have seen these by now, but they're still worth of note. NC State has been, it is number four in current consecutive weeks ranked by the college football playoff. <laughs> Behind Alabama, Ohio State, we're at 50. Georgia 31 and NC State at 11. <laughs> that it helps having Boo on the committee. That is wild to me. 11. I mean, top four. Would have never have guessed. Never have guessed that. Let's keep that streak we, alive. We are ahead of our friends Oregon, Michigan, Ole Miss, Utah, Michigan, and Clemson. Well, I Clemson, okay. I was about to say, I, was last like, year. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, did Clemson, Clemson, I guess, must have dropped out at some point late last year? Yeah, they were like four and three last year at one point, right? And they mm, didn't. Okay. Not so good. Not so good. Cool stat, though. If I'm if I'm Dave Doran, I'm beating that drum everywhere. Here's another one. Longest current home winning streaks. NC State is at sixth at 16 ahead of Ole Miss, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Utah, and Ohio State. Pretty cool. Good on those fans for showing up those times. (laughs) Here's another one. Consecutive wins and games favored by at least 10 points. NC State is eighth at 15. We are say that because we are ranked. We are favored 19, uh, 19, eight and a half by over BC this week. Now, is that just we've won those games or we've met the spread? Because we clearly didn't with VT, right? So it must be just won the game. Uh, wind against, yeah, I guess that's not yeah. covered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty cool stat. We'll come back to that one. It sounds like we're a good football team. Hold on, not done yet. Oh, come on. 
With Oklahoma State and Wake Forest falling out of the top 25, here's the longest current win streaks for consecutive weeks ranked by the AP Top 25. Alabama, 240. <laughs> Georgia, 93. Ohio State, 41. Michigan, 25. NC State, 17. Utah, 16. I've wanted to be Utah. We are finally Utah, it seems like. We are ahead of them in every stat. <laughs> Pretty 17 weeks in a row. I uh, asked Tim Peeler how... <clears throat> is that the longest streak? And it is not. In fact, in 1992, 1993, NC State was ranked in the top 25 for 22 weeks. Okay. But so we can say, actually so get there if you think. Well, maybe not. Let's say you get three more weeks here, and That's then you get 20. And then early Don't they do one pre-bowl? Well, I don't know. Mm. Do they change them after the bowls? I don't think so. Maybe after I thought the there bowl? was a, I thought there was a final AP after bowls, but I'm yeah, probably you wrong. might be right. So that would get you what to 21. That would get you 21, and then your early season schedule next year sets up. You could get to 25, 22, 22. Interesting. Yeah. I could see us get um, hammered for all the people that will graduate and leave the program and not get it for next year, but we'll see. NC State yeah, that's do a good bit of marketing around MJ, and I'm sure everyone will put us in. What's crazy, though, is that there are not a whole lot of streaks. <laughs> I'm looking at, so 1992 to 93, it was 22. 2002 is 12. Another streak in 2002 to 2003 was 7. In 2017, it was 5, and that was it. <laughs> nothing nothing else over 2, which is some crazy. Tough, some tough times there. <laughs> crazy, crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Now let's do this for Kevin Keats. <laughs> There'll be a lot of short streaks in there. A lot of short streaks in there. Anyway, thought that was interesting. Some some crazy facts. I bring that up because <clears throat> I don't necessarily want to talk about the streaks, but Yahoo Pod floated our friend's name here, and I want I want y'all to listen to this and play this clip. One more I want to note because I I'll give them a lot of respect for this. North Carolina State, I've been waiting for them to quit on the season. And yeah. instead, they're 7-2, and two and they just beat Wake Forest in a battle of top 25s. Freshman quarterback MJ Morris has stepped in due to injuries and played a nice game. You know, they still have their shot at their 10-win season. Like, I can't remember the stat. And then they've never had a 10-win season, I don't think. Oh, they have. No, 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 they have. I'm one sure they were. Season. They had Maybe. one under Chuck Amato or something. Right. Yeah, they were like There's eleven one, and two under Chuck. Yeah. Ones. Anyway, so NC State with a really nice win. I don't, you know, not really going to factor into stuff, but they got BC, Louisville, and at North Carolina, they could end up ten and two, heading into yeah. a bowl game. But I, yeah. that team, I thought, should have oh. folded the tent a while ago, and they. I sure gave them up for dead after Devin Leary got hurt. So I'm, I am impressed Me with too. the way they bounced back. Credit to Dave Doran, and in you know, Dave is uh, kind of a you hear his name out there for, for some other jobs. And uh, I thought maybe losing his quarterback that they would, yeah, they would tank and Hey, they might not, they might not get better than six wins, but here they are. And uh, you wonder if his name will get a little louder now for the specifically the one maybe at Nebraska where the interim Mickey Joseph just back-to-back losses since they're by and not, not looking great for him. Well, I you think met- of, Dave's a quiet guy. Like, what about Auburn? What about, like, 
I don't know that he would want to leave, yeah. but he's been there a long time. He's had two bad seasons. Everything else is nine, eight. I mean, he's just a mm-hmm. solid coach. He did a really good job at Northern Illinois. Uh, it's yeah, you get nothing, very little buzz about him. But this is it's too sane for Auburn. But the Midwest, <laughs> yeah, Nebraska. <laughs> I think I think it looks more likely that Jim Leonard's going to keep Wisconsin. He's done yeah. a pretty good job there. But Nebraska won. If I were Nebraska, I'd want to talk to Dave Dorn. I mean, he's from uh, suburbs of Kansas City and Kansas, yep. and uh, yep. went to Drake, yep. and certainly yeah, got makes you a lot know, of sense. did Northern Illinois. I don't know though, but I'm sure NC State's yelling at. Uh, we're not losing this guy, but he's done done well at a place like kind of a prove it coach. I, you just kind of wonder. All right, we. Uh, so you know what's interesting? They said we wouldn't factor into anything if we went ten and two, but there's a scenario where Louisville beats Clemson this weekend, right? So then mm-hmm. Clemson's gonna drop a bunch of spots. But we I mean, you know how the, the committee is, right? They can be weird. So at that point, they'll promote NC State and North Carolina up. And then if NC State holds serve, beats Louisville, beats um BC, then beats UNC, right? Then State would be the highest ranked ACC team in that scenario, and they would get the Orange Bowl. So, I don't know. I I, I could see this actually ending well for us if we actually go out and take care of business in the next three games. And you just need Clemson to falter one time. And I just imagine if Clemson loses to Louisville or South Carolina, right, they cannot keep them at in between us if we take out a top 15 North Carolina, quote-unquote. Though North Carolina's going to lose the wake this weekend. That is some mental gymnastics I hadn't thought about. That would be – I'm looking at the college football playoff top. I don't know. Let's look at five through 16. And it's a bunch of seven and twos and eight and ones. The interesting one to me is LSU being seven and two. NC State being seven and two, LSU seventh common opponent. LSU lost to Florida State. NC State beat Florida State. Yeah, uh, and now they've got a win over Alabama. I get it, but yeah, you're right. Anything can happen if if State does hold serve and is ten and two. That would be it'd be hard to keep them out of the New York New Year's Six, despite not being in the championship for the ACC. Oh, I think my ultimate goal, right, is to somehow have NC State ahead of Clemson and UNC by the time they meet. Um, or, I mean, actually my dream scenario, right, would be uh, Wake beats UNC this weekend. Then UNC mm-hmm. does a classic screw up and loses to Georgia Tech. Then we beat UNC. And somehow in those other three games, Duke wins all their games and beats I think they play Pitt and um, maybe Georgia Tech. I can't remember. Uh, and um, Wake. I just need Wake to just let, let them win at the end of the year. But, yeah, it's going to be great. There's this. There's an actual scenario where NC State could be ranked ahead of the two teams that are going to go to the ACC championship game. That would be absolutely perfect for the last year divisions. Like, that would be – that would send it out with – Absolutely best way possible, right? I'm pulling for that, not just for a state fan, but for just chaos ACC fan. That that's what we I mean. Deserve. If that if that occurred, right? Like, let's say that we go ten and two, and um, 
Clemson goes, um, I guess they maybe would have one loss in that scenario to an ACC team. But let's say we're second in total wins for the division, right? Do we like hang a banner and just say like second best ACC team? Dude, NC State would hang a banner for anything, so I would not put it past them. ACC runner-up in every other year. (laughs) Right? Like, just do it. Just hang it. Like, why not? Just troll. Troll UNC. Second best ACC team. That's what I would put. (laughs) 2022. I know there's a lot of people that would hang their hat on those stats. They look, we got a banner, right? There's a lot of a lot of people out there that would. I mean, didn't we make a silly? Didn't we make something for the baseball team from the COVID one? Oh yeah, I can't I remember know, what that it was, was. Right? I don't remember either. I don't know. Man. I remember the days when state would make a T-shirt for everything. I kind of equate it to that. Like I have T-shirts from like <laughs> random ass games when I was in college. Like beating Florida State and then like beating Maryland and beating some random team. I was like, oh, let's make a T-shirt. Like I got them all over my, all over my house. So why not put a banner up? I don't care. Like Carolina puts a banner up for every basketball player who's ever played there. Why can't we do something? You know, for being actually a good football program. I just see us going ten and two. Somehow going to the Orange Bowl. Half the team gets ready for the NFL draft. We get our ass kicked. <laughs> like, oh God! You know so what I mean? Like, there's a part of me that's like. Maybe we don't want the Orange Bowl. <laughs> Who's the Orange Bowl's affiliation? Does it matter? Um. Well, the Gator. It... If we do the Gator, we're going to get an SEC team, right? Yeah. There was some projections for either Kentucky or Mississippi State again, which I don't want either of those. I mean, I'll take Kentucky. Big Twelve, right? Big Twelve. So no, no, no it's not because this is that's not right. I don't know. I don't know how it works anymore. I can't keep track. Here, Orange Bowl. It says the game. Yeah. I keep seeing Alabama, Oklahoma pictures. Conference tie-ins is ACC and then SEC, Big Ten, Notre Dame. SEC, Big Ten. Okay, so SEC would be. I wonder if that would be. Tennessee, LSU. I'm just rattling off the top. Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Alabama, the top. They're all in the top five. I mean, the top ten. Yeah. Top five SEC schools. Yeah, don't want it. Ole Miss. Not interested. I don't want any of those guys. <laughs> I don't want any of those. I'll take Notre Dame if that's an option. Um, but I don't know if Notre Dame somehow gets over us. I don't, um, no way. They shouldn't even be ranked. They're not, they're not in the CFP poll. Uh, excuse me. The they AP. just beat Clemson, man. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, my um, that Clemson thing is unraveling just as I thought it would, but just just later. Yeah, but <laughs> I just the thing wish is, it was earlier this season. Yeah, it's, but like they're not Cape, that good. They're not. They're not that good. Um, I don't think Cape Club Clubnick is any good, right? So like, I don't think anything would have been different. Like, I I guess I never thought they were going to go to him, right? I always figured we'd get DJ. Um, yeah, I mean, this season will be looked back on, assuming assuming everything goes favorably. Um. The season will go back. You look at that two game stretch and or three game stretch, right? And getting Syracuse, you know, right after the injury to Leary, um, you know, if that's delayed a week, right? Um, or a week earlier. I mean, State's probably got one loss and then we're sitting here sweating Clemson for the rest of the year. Um, 
I don't know. I'm, I, I cannot wait for this division to not exist anymore. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so tired. I mean, at one point last week, I think we have, like, no, this week, I think we have every team in the Atlantic is bowl eligible, and there's only two on the Coastal. Will Dave Dorn be here to enjoy a divisionless ACC? I just, the only place I could see him go is Wisconsin, and I don't think they're going to hire him. I just don't think he's... Nebraska? I just don't think Nebraska's in play. You don't like the Nebraska job. I think I just don't like the job. job. Yeah. I, I mean, think it's a great job. Nebraska man. is Auburn of the Midwest at this point. Oh, I couldn't disagree more. No, their fan base is, has unrealistic expectations, has plenty of money. They'll burn it, light it on fire. It's, yeah, but they're not. It's an un, like, it's an, un, it's a terrible place to live. You're going to have a hard time recruiting there. Yeah, you can buy players, but. You know, so can all the other big boys that have that money that you're competing with. So, you know, the divisions are going to change. You're going to probably have USC or UCLA out there in your division two going forward. So, like, it's not going to be the easy path that Nebraska might have been the last four or five years. Like, I just I just don't like it. I don't think someone who lives in North Carolina willingly wants to move out to Nebraska. Like, sorry, just I've been out there multiple times for work. It's not a nice it's what I it think is, the Nebraska fans so like I, the only part I disagree really is is Nebraska's fan base. Like I don't think they're as lunatic as Auburn fans. I think they're very much equivalent to our fans, but probably more loyal. Where they have put in a bunch of effort and resources and money into a program and have not gotten anything in return recently like they have a lot more recent success than should've, we do should have stayed in the big 12 <laughs> like it's not like they're not in a winnable division right now but i mean the one time i think that they got to the conference championship game they got pasted by wisconsin matt canada led 70 point game yeah like i, I mean i, I still, I still don't think it's a great job i think it's a i think it's a fan base that would put a ton of money into their nil programs and that would you know, they're just hungry to yeah. win something. And I think they're more stupid money than we are. Like we were having this conversation in the, the pod chat this week. Like what's wrong with States NIL and recruiting and whatever else. And I just think we don't have stupid money. We have a lot, we have money, but I think people are starting to kind of question how money has been spent over the years. And I don't think it's directly related to like the current leadership as more of the past leadership. Right. And I think past ROI. Yeah. I don't think Nebraska has no problems. I think they're still very much in the, we'll just throw money at the problem and their fans will keep coming and they'll keep doing that because they don't have anything else. That's to me is, I think that's why it's an appealing job. And now they haven't done hired Jamie Chadwell. They should just hire Jamie Chadwell. They're going to be limited in talent. You need someone that can run a a system that can manage, manage that uh, talent gap. Um, Yeah. I just, I I don't see things getting any better for Nebraska. I mean, same thing for us. Like when someone says, Oh, well, we'll go get a wide receiver in the portal. Well, not if they're a good wide receiver, you aren't paying that money. (laughs) You aren't paying the money for an offensive tackle. Like if you can't pay 75 grand, what makes you, on earth makes you think you're going to afford a, a playmaking wide receiver. 
those guys are going to get absurd NIL offers. Now, my hope is that after this first round of NIL, and you've seen like the status quo hasn't really changed in, in that way, in my opinion, like, I don't know. I think the market rates will kind of adjust a smidge, right? But um, like, we're never going to outspend these fan bases in the SEC. Like, just we don't have oil money. We don't have only game in town money. It's, um, it's just dumb money. Like, I think it's what it is at this point. I don't think it's yeah. we don't have money. I don't. I think we have plenty of rich alumni. We have plenty of people with dispend dispendable disposable income, and I just think they're not stupid. I think they just start asking questions like, where's my money going? Where's my money doing? Right. Yeah. Like I might be buying a house this weekend. Right. That's going to certainly change how much I'm willing to donate. <laughs> like yeah. there's a real world out there, man. Um, and thing is like, it's stupid. This, this whole system is, is, is a bogus. It's ACC <laughs> supposedly is going to have significantly more higher payouts than they did last year for their um, media deal. Why can't the ACC teams just pay for their players? Why can't the schools handle like, right? I, I'm, I'm tired of this. That the, oh, I got to go donate money so that you can go pay a player because you're running a rig system. Yeah. I'm, you know, I just, just whatever, man. <laughs> I didn't mean to go down this rabbit hole, but it is a, it is a conversation that is, um, it's a real conversation and, and, it is real. It is related. That would be the only reason I could see Dave wanting to leave because it's harder to rally the resources here. Like, I think that is, that is, that would be my concern if I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to keep Dave, right. That's my concern. Like, is he going to leave because, we, you know, the fans won't pony up or we don't yeah. have a valid NIL or what, you know, whatever it I may mean, be. It's, it's, it's money related and it's fan support related, I think. Yeah. I mean, didn't the, like, wasn't the big thing this off season with the Wolfpack club that they weren't going to have to treat out of state athletes to out of state tuition costs anymore. That was supposed to free up a bunch of money. Like if that freed up a bunch of money, let's say that freed up 1 million, 2 million, 4 million, whatever the number is. Um, well, why can't the people that are donating to the Wolfpack Club adjust their dues and split it so that difference goes to the NIL program so that it can go buy players and pay yeah. for the ones you've got? And like I this the thing, like the other thing too, right? Is there's a lot of like, well, we're not structured as an NIL for recruits. We're structured to retain talent. Well, all that is is just a message to recruits. You say, look, once you sign here, you're clearly gonna be taken care of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's ways around that, but I don't know. You can't even click to donate to the NIL right now. So we'll see what's happening there. (laughs) Yeah. I know they've been going through some changes. Um, It's interesting. It's interesting to watch how that's going to, that's going to develop. I don't know, but that, I mean, that's, if I'm Dave, that's, that's my reason for leaving. Like that will be, that will be it. I'm looking at it and be like, Hey, look, I can get, they, get their money put together easily over here. Now, if you really want to stay, Dave can slide me a million and I'll donate, donate right to the NIL and we'll have a million dollars to work with. Right? Yeah. Why I mean, can't, uh, why can't Dave donate to it? <laughs> I'm sure he what? could. Like uh, it's not affiliated with the university. It's, you know, it's just, if I'm a coach and I really like where I'm at and I really want to get the NIL going, 
you know, we've seen Wes Moore give to the Wolfpack club to, you know, redo locker rooms and, and whatever else he's done. Um, and other coaches have done it in the past. And I think Dave has actually done it too, but yeah, give Dave a $2 million raise and then let him donate that 2 million back to the university <laughs> or to the NIL. Sorry. NIL, yeah. not university related. I don't know, man. It's just all. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting off season. I think it's going to be wild. I don't know if it's going to involve Dave or not. He doesn't seem like the guy that's going to, um, you know, bounce for the grass oh. being green or somewhere else. Like I just, unless he's just fed up with something or there's some thing that he's not getting, then that, that would be where I could see it. But and not just for I, the hell of it. I just looked at the NC state BC spread in over under 18. Do we have a repeat of Virginia tech here? The over under is 41 points with an 18 and a half. Point spread. Well, so somebody called me this, this morning uh. asking if, if they should bet on it. Like, you know, that's like, that's a lot of points. And I'm like, well, BC's terrible. And I don't know which way to go on it, but my, Final analysis to him was the game's going to be like 21 to six or 21 to three, right? It's going to be borderline on it. We're not going to put up 40 because we don't have to. We're going to score maybe 28 to six, something like that, right? It's going to be one of those weird scores where that is why we are, you know, that's why it's an 18 and a half line. That's why I'm like, I I don't know what to get from it because early in the season, this team's not going to blow anybody out, but this later, you know, maybe MJ just starts ripping it to Timmons down the field. Like, I I don't know. BC's not going to score. It's going to be more of what are we doing offensively? Like, how are we going to, um, you know, use this week to get ready for Louisville? That's kind of my question. I guess if I look at it in a vacuum, right on the road against Virginia tech, they lost 27, 10, on the road to Florida State, 44-14. On the road to Wake, 43-15. On the road to UConn, 13-3. And now we're the next time they're going on the road. So they've really done poorly on the road. And, I mean, assuming that this is actually a sellout, um, as was posted, and people are there for Senior Day, um, I'm sure it's not going to be a friendly place. They're going to have their redshirt freshman backup quarterback playing they've lost nine I think offensive linemen for the season like there's probably going to be some picks and and pick sixes you know they're not running they're they're barely running the ball you know you got to factor in senior day which I always think is just has some weird outcomes for for state sometimes a little slower start um I just I, I would never be comfortable betting 18 and a half points um, I don't, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I, I just don't know. I don't know what to expect from it. Uh, I want to go back to the weight game for a minute though. What <clears throat> to me, that was probably the best all around game mm-hmm. we have played in, I don't know how many years. Like that's the best, one of the best I can remember them playing on all all three sides of the ball. Am, am I being a little bit hyperbolic? Yeah, I mean, I thought we looked great. Um, I'm just trying to think of like any other point this year where we've clicked like that, and it wasn't against like a sister of the poor. Um, like that's probably system wise the hardest team we would face and like we were eating up their run game so much that they only did this slow mesh i think 
someone posted it was like eight times. Right. So it's like yeah. you completely just bombed what even Wake would want to try to do on you. Um, defense looked great. Three picks. Um, I'm not surprised that in his first start, MJ was pretty hype for the first quarter and was overthrowing some guys. I think that'll yeah. that course corrected clearly throughout the game. Um, like, yeah, everything. And here's the thing I keep thinking about, right? Like Sumo's injured. Uh, I do wonder if they're going to lean on like a Michael Allen or someone like that a little bit more and run a little less with MJ, just because I, I don't like seeing him take like 18, 20 carries. But um, I think once you have a reliable running back back there to pair with Jordan, um, I think this offense will open up even further at that point. Like, I think we're, I think only the other carries were like one or two to Mims and uh, John, uh, what's his name? Johnson. The backup, the walk-on guy that has been playing. Jones, DeMarcus Jones. Jones, Jones, like, Jones right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I was like that, that doesn't sound right. Um, Man, like all three phases were great. Even the backup punter was killing it. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that kid was in. So uh, McDonough didn't play or didn't finish. And then Noonkister, Noonkister? How do, I don't even know how to say his name. Noonkester. Noonkester. Anyway. Came in and did a phenomenal job. So good that you didn't know it was the backup. Nobody watching the game had picked up on it. Like none of the announcers had said anything about it. Um, That's because they're like too drunk at that point. (laughs) Their call sheet guys aren't going to get that. It's possible. I, uh, I mean, the one thing I want to kind of disagree with, and this is not what she said, but it's what other people have said. And we kind of touched on it last week that the offense is just working now because of MJ Morris and it's the same offense. They're calling different plays. Yeah. It's not just MJ being fearless and slinging it down the field. They're definitely doing different things because if you go back and look, there was only one screen pass this, this entire game. And that has been a staple all year. They have definitely gotten more vertical. The rotations have been different, which is one of the biggest things that we have been complaining about, the personnel rotations. They have definitely been different. And it's just, it's a different look. And it makes you wonder what took so long, right? What's why now? Like they yeah. don't have any. I'm, I'm looking at the PFF stats right now. It's just there, Thomas. Sorry, I'm not trying to look at a underneath depth stats here. It's got them down by player. I'm pretty sure there's only one screen pass, and was that two behind the line, two behind the sticks? I'm just gonna rattle through these. Three, only four passes behind the sticks. So inside ten yards. Five. Okay, there's five now. So let's say five or six passes inside ten. Like that was we talked about this before. Eighty-two percent of the passes before MJ Morris took over were underneath ten yards. Yeah. So it's a things are happening differently. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's two things. It's like frequency of play call type. Like someone's gonna get into the semantics and be like, oh, actually, we've been calling these plays all year. It's so it's the frequency, 
It's the willingness of the quarterback to attack certain routes. Like, I mean, MJ mm-hmm. just, it's either he doesn't know that he shouldn't be doing it or <laughs> like he just doesn't care. Like, I mean, it's right. the same thing I think we kind of said with Leary in the year. It's like, you're probably not going to throw that pick. Like, just throw yeah. it. And he didn't trust the dudes. A um, little bit of it's competition. But I think also it's just having that run game for the quarterback is probably just accounting for something and making it maybe a little bit easier to get some of these plays. Um, you know, but that's why I just feel like even when you throw out the first quarter or even keep the first quarter in, the offense has just looked better. It's more confident. It's responsive. Um, you know, like Wake would score, then we go down and score again. Like it's just... Things are clicking right now. Now we'll see. Like, I mean, BC, we should stomp these guys, but you know, Louisville is going to be a big challenge. Um, depending, especially depending on what happens with their quarterback. But I don't know. I'll have a, you'll have a way better sense after the Louisville game, I think. Right, and then who knows with a UNC game? That's those are always a shit show. Yeah, I mean, it's it was overall, regardless, it's. It was fantastic. The defense absolutely just kept the pressure on. I mean, it was a blueprint. You know, one of my concerns coming in that game was we're going to try to copy what Louisville did and not be able to do it successfully. They were. They blew up the slow mesh. They kept Hartman contained. And they were in his face all night. And it was fantastic, man. It was just one of the best well-rounded games we've seen in a while. I know some people when well, one of the, the biggest plays of the game, I don't think people are talking about enough or biggest series is when Wake got the ball down on the one. And by the end of it, it was fourth and 17. They kicked a field goal. Yeah. Or they had to try to kick a field goal. That, that whole se- whole defensive series, it was like two Isaiah Moore stops a penalty. And then I forgot what the other one was, but if that whole series was just, we just manned up, right? And that's how I felt the whole game. I never felt like in past games where you're like, all right, we scored. Now Wake's going to come back and score. Like, I just never felt like it was in that much jeopardy mm-hmm. because of how well they were playing, like, across the board. Like, Wake made some plays. They had some really nice catches from some wide receivers. You know, the one in the end zone uh, by Marin, like, that was unreal. And, you know, I just, it wasn't sustainable. They, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't run a drive. They didn't really get anything explosive. They, they made some plays, but there's just nothing there that never threatened you know, that ever threatened us. And I uh, was just, it was never in doubt. And it was just so nice to actually kick their ass for once. Right. That's how I felt. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Allen was as good as advertised in limited, you know, limited snaps there. He had uh, five attempts and 10 snaps, average seven, seven and a half a, a carry. Highest graded running back on the team, PFF grades. Like, get the guy in the game, man. <laughs> like, I want to see some. I know we've all been talking about, and I'm sure there was some mistakes in there. Sumo was in there early, missed a block in pass protection, and never came back in. And he just, he doesn't look healthy, whatever it is. Regardless, put Michael Allen, even Jordan Houston ran well. I want to see more of those two guys. Like, stop messing around with the rest of this nonsense. How – I don't even know what to talk about for BC. Like, they are They're terrible. bad. That's it. 
Like, they're so bad. <laughs> like they're I mean, look, it all comes down you know their defense I think is doing okay. They're but they're their offense. They have no offensive line, so they can't run the ball. They've got the bat you know, Jerkovic has been hit so much that, you know, I'm I'm questioning whether he even wants to continue playing for, for Boston College at this point. And so <laughs> he, he wasn't in last week, was he? It, yeah, but he, this I mean, all they're gonna do is they're gonna throw just air balls up to Zay Flowers. Right. And that's all it's going to come down to is does Zay Flowers make any plays? Because like this, sh- this should not be a hard game for NC State. I don't think we're going to win by 18 and a half because I feel like we're going to if we get up any sizable amount, you know, we're going to try to chew it up. We're going to start playing seniors and, you know, getting guys run if we can. Um Man. Boston College, this, this this is wild to me. Boston College is averaging 68 yards per game rushing. Dead last in the ACC by a large margin behind Virginia Tech Wake and us. 68. Somehow they're averaging 250 in the air, but they're, they're, they're bad, man. They're bad. I, I don't even know where to go with this game with my – thought process on it it's just a matter of what what does nc state do right how do we how do we approach this game because i think they are going to be a bit looking forward to the louisville game one of the things that um one of the things that always gets mentioned every time of the year is this is senior night and we've talked about this before how emotional it gets on senior night and and how hard it is for them to play and it's always the excuse when there's a letdown it would be really hard to have a letdown in this game because this team is that bad yeah so i don't i don't know if you can hear me okay but you were garbly for like a minute and a half there okay um, hopefully it's just on my end it'll yeah I hope re- it'll record fine yeah so but I, I think i pieced most of it through right yeah like one that's shocking that they have that few yards uh, per game. Um, just yeah, in the past, like just senior days have been kind of weird. Now we haven't had a senior day in a while against like a, an atrocious team. It's always been mm-hmm. like poorly timed games against UNC or Wake Forest. Wake. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But we've played Wake when they were a bad Wake Forest team on a senior night, and we like cleaned their clock. So yeah. you know this. This should be a comfortable game. I think it's um it's a daytime game, right? Um, Three thirty. Yeah. yeah. So you know, just go take care of business. That's all I ask. Um, let's like not get any injuries. You know, I I, I hope fans get there early to, you know, get in the stands since we do everything before the game and. Um, yeah, so get out there and cheer. There's gonna be a lot of people walking. I think at some point someone said, I don't know, like 30 plus people. Oh right. yeah, 30 people. I should probably pull up that list real quick. Because that is a big number. Uh, I'm gonna pull that up. One of them not on there is Devin Leary. What do you yep. think? <laughs> it's probably a, probably the better <laughs> conversation. What the hell do you think happens with Devin Leary? Given MJ Morris resurgence, Devin Leary 
I know I've talked about it, put out a 10 minute take on it last week. What is your thought? What is, what does Devin Leary do in the, this off season? I mean, I think he goes pro like, yeah, me too. You know, I mean, it, are people really worried about a, a repaired pectoral? I, I would think not. I don't know. Maybe there's some risk there to power. Um, like, I just don't see what it would be. What would be beneficial going? Well, one coming back to NC state is just a risk at this point. There's gonna be a lot of turnover. Um, you could have new staff. Like there's just too much going on there. Um, what kind of team would he go to? I'm not sure. Like that would be worth transferring someone that's either a contender or local to his family. So maybe a Penn state or something like that. Right. Like he could, I'm sure he could provide a spark there. Um, but other than that, it's like, unless you're going to go somewhere, just get an, an, an NIL check, which I wouldn't blame him. Then I'm not, I just, I don't know what his options are. I'd rather go. If you get any indication that you can get drafted in the later rounds, which, you know, if I was, if I was his people, I would be talking about how poorly he was used this season in the wide receivers. And, you know, they're clearly opening the playbook up for someone else right now. Yada, yada, yada. Like he's got the talent. Um, I just can't see him coming back. And honestly, like if MJ finishes the season and wins these games, don't want him back because I think MJ has more upside longer term, get, opens up the playbook, things like that. And I think it would probably just be better for like, there's, I don't know. State doesn't need to go through that kind of drama. Yeah. We don't need to do it again. And do you be- usher one of them out? If one of them says, yeah, I'm thinking about coming back. I'm like, nah, I don't think so. Like, I would just say like, look, we're going to probably go with the young guy if he's available. Like, I mean, look like next year's a reset year. You know, and I, I would just be honest with him about it and be like, if you want to come back here, like we totally like it and enjoy it. But like, you have to understand you're losing all this defense. You're going to have to like go hog wild on offense. I mean, if we're going to say that we're going to pass it 40 plus times a game, like that's the other thing too, right? Like Devin yeah. doesn't want to come back and hand the ball off a ton. Throw screen passes. But that's the thing is like, those aren't passes. <laughs> yeah. Like not as first. Well, that's what I mean. Game. But like, that's what they were asking him to do. Right. He well, exactly. Yeah. Do. Again, like yeah. I don't understand what was going on. I don't understand the offense, the play calls. I don't understand why they were not coaching him to push it um, and try to make some things happen. Like, and I don't know, just in the end, like he doesn't have a very good long ball. Like he can throw a deep ball, but he just does not. If it's our guys or what, it's just, it's really inconsistent. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's, it's a good problem to have. You know, so here's here's the list. I'm not gonna read them all. I'll read the three, four, and five year starters: Tyler Baker Williams, Devin Carter, Christopher Dunn, uh, Corey Durden. He's only two year starter. Grant Gibson, Cyrus Fagan, Tanner Engel, Isaiah Moore, Drake Pitts, Shimko, Bryson Spees, Drake Thomas, Thayer Thomas, Peyton Wilson, Chandler Zavala. A lot of players. That is a lot of production. Yeah. That's a lot of production. The other one on there is Shy Battle, which he's only been a two year starter. He doesn't have to leave. I think it's always weird that these kids decide to walk and then decide if they're going to leave or not. Yeah, it's just playing it safe just in case. 
I get it. Yeah, but it, does senior night mean that much? That it means like, a lot, probably to the families. I would think. But does and, it if you know the guy? If they're not, if they're coming back, like. I mean, some of them you, have. Or if you don't know if they're coming back, like this. Okay, it's your last game, but it's not really. Or I don't know, man. That, that whole thing where the juniors are walking and the redshirt seniors are walking just to be well, sure. It shouldn't. Yeah, it should be called senior night. It should be last year night. <laughs> You know what I mean? It should be my last game night. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. The whole thing is weird to me that that that, that happens. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of I don't like remember this. when that started or who that was, but it was just like, just in case. Like Harmon, just in case. Just I think Harmon maybe was the first. Bro. That's the first one I can remember. Yeah. yeah. But I just wonder if it happened before that. The whole thing is weird, though. Like, what? Just, I don't, I don't know. Don't I do personally it. do not like doing it before the game. So if you're going to do it before the game, I always say you should do it before a, a really weak opponent. It completely throws the whole rhythm that you have for the for pregame off. And yeah. I always feel like people play really emotional. They get really revved up. It's already going to be an emotional game. You already know it's your last home game. Um, you know, but there's other ways to go about it. I've also thought like do it after the game. It would be a reason to keep people in the stands. But there, you know, you risk things. Do it before the season. Do it after. I don't know. There's I just I don't like it just because I always feel like it gives a kind of a an, a weird result. Um, yeah, but you know, clearly that my voice doesn't matter in this <laughs> whatsoever. No, I mean I have no experience in it. I have no <laughs> no dog in the fight. I just think it's weird. I'm glad at least I'm I'm glad now it's against a terrible opponent. Yeah, still weird that they let the juniors walk, but whatever. Anyway, um, is Jack Chambers walking? Jack Chambers is walking, yeah. Okay. Daryl Jones. I didn't know if grad seniors worked. <laughs> Cheese Man is walking. Oh. What are we going to do? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, speaking of, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and then I want to talk to you specifically about this, because NC State's offense has looked as good as it has in a while, right? Especially against Wake Forest. That was fantastic. But how can that be when Trent Penix only got one touch? It was a good touch. <laughs> no, he got two touches. <laughs> he he got two. Didn't he get a touch? Or wait, am I getting things mixed up with? Um, he didn't get. A might t- be he didn't get the, a tutty. No, no, I'm thinking of the VT game. Um. Well, I mean, it's because now they have to account. <laughs> they have to account for him. Okay? He got one target, one reception. Yeah, I know how this works. Yeah, I just have to say he had they had to account for him. And that's exactly I mean, look, dude, he like clearly has <laughs> like it's so weird that we don't have yard after the catch. Like it's it's just it's just baffling at times to me. Um Yeah. You know, he he made an impact in the VT game. Um I I'm curious if they targeted him anymore. But they also clearly were trying to target Thayer. Um, I don't have the VT numbers here, but I mean, he at least had eight receptions. I think maybe he had one or two drops or not drops, but incompletions. Um, you know, I think it's more, you know, I told you, Hey, I said, I said, this feels like it was going to be a Lassane week. It was either going to be like, he's going to show why he starts or not. And, uh, I thought that was bigger news. Um, I loved Daryl Jones, you know, making up for the week before. Um, they're clear. There's some comfort level. I think again, I just, 
I don't know. It's funny. Dave shot down our theory that um, MJ was throwing to these guys because he wasn't a starter and they weren't starters. And he was like, well, he's been on the practice squad and most of these guys have been with the ones and twos. So I'm not sure how he would have been throwing to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he said, maybe they're friends. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's just a good quarterback and good quarterback. You know, you let a quarterback actually play instead of, you know, having him de-risk every ball. I don't know. Um, you know, it's int- interesting though. Like the personnel groupings didn't change that much. Because they, I guess they did, but they didn't rotate him as much as they had been. Because Daryl Jones got 15 snaps, Thayer got 29, Keon got 26, yeah, Devin Carter 17, Trent Penix 35, and then the new guys, Terrell Timmons, Julian Gray, Porter. Well, Porter's not really a new guy, but seven, four, and four. So they stopped rotating the personnel. They just left a, left the starters on the field, which I think is interesting. Well, Carter's played better, in my opinion. Uh, I assume yeah. he's going to be back for this game. That was kind of a weird spit and blow um, is what they said on the broadcast. Yeah, but it was weird because it looked like maybe he just kind of I thought he just had the air knocked out of him or something. But, uh, you know, luckily in the moment, I was like, oh, Christ, he fumbled that ball. Here we go. We can get some <laughs> yeah, BS fumble recovery like usual um, because they're so good at generating fumbles. And then, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, then he kept it. And I said, oh, man, you know, fate's back on our side. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even see him spitting blood. I said, I assume that's like a broken rib or something. Like, I don't know what else can cause that, but uh, yeah, that would that would that would suck because he definitely fe- it feels like he's playing better right now. He was more fired up and more engaged. It looked like. I'm trying to look at his numbers. I mean, he still only had one catch on four targets. <laughs> it was a good catch though. Seventeen snaps. His catch rate has not been great this year. Um. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. Like everybody just kept talking about the Trent Penix is the key to the offense, and the guy got one target. You know, you just know that's BS when they start saying that. Keon did play well. Keon had two contested catch, three contested catches, two of them were contested. Played really well. Honestly, I don't know how he caught two of those balls, but it's it's fun. It's fun again, right? And the biggest thing was the, we were talking about the offense and, you know, Dave was talking about the, the lack of energy and the fans were talking about the energy and whatever. It comes from the offense. Like, I, do, I just don't know how many times we have to say this. Yeah. The defense can be good. Your offense gives you hope. The hope gives you an environment like you saw, right? There was no there was no hope. I, mean, I don't say there's no hope. There was no excitement for the Virginia Tech game because they're terrible. If that offense was – you know, a week ahead of schedule, that place would have been wild too. Yeah. It it gives you that environment. So it's you can blame the fans. You can do whatever you want. Fans aren't stupid. They're not gonna go out there and just blindly cheer and be nuts for you know that Jack Chambers led offense in that Virginia Tech game. But you give them a little excitement, you give them a little hope, you give them some downfield passes, some vertical stuff. And that environment is a product of that. So uh, anybody who's just blaming the fans or, you know, and, and that's why I think it's it's a whole ridiculous conversation because we're reacting to what's on the field, right? That That's it. That environment was awesome. That offense was awesome. They are related, right? That whole game, they, they played really well across the board. 
there was a lot of hope. There was excitement. That's, that's it. That's why it worked. Yeah. <clears throat> I know you got to go, so we'll cut this off, but well under an hour this time. This is the first. <clears throat> I know. Who would have thought putting a hard cutoff works? <laughs> yeah. It says you're offline anyway, so I'm not sure if that's even going to record, but it was only me for the last few minutes anyway. Uh, okay. As always, y'all, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting the site, support our sponsors. It, it means a lot to us. It allows us to keep doing this. We'll be back with some more content. We got some really big games coming up. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot more things to talk about. Uh, basketball. Oh, basketball. <laughs> no, no, uh, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> All right, you can leave. I'm going to talk basketball for a minute. Okay. All right, I'll leave it up. Yeah. Uh, it would be like 30 seconds of basketball. I'm not ready for it yet. They looked good. They played with some energy. That Austin P team is terrible, so I'm not taking too much away from it. It'll there's a game tonight against Campbell. Should be probably a tougher test, I would think. I think Campbell's probably a little bit better. T is awesome. Uh, I like Jarkel Jordan's intensity. I like his energy. They've actually passed the ball really well. Jack Clark is a really nice addition. He's a well-rounded game. I think. I don't. I don't know what to think of this team yet, but they have a lot of the pieces there. DJ Burns, uh, you know, he played well in the paint, and he did did what he needed to do in there. Is he going to struggle against a more athletic big man? We're going to find out. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's interesting. They still played with a lot of. I don't know recklessness. Right, they passed the ball. They moved it a little bit. They played a little bit more together. Had a pretty good energy. But if they get slowed down in the half court, I'm I'm still kind of unsure of what the half court sets are going to bring us and what kind of success they'll have. But we'll talk about more about that. Maybe tonight. Maybe we'll do something tonight after that game or during that game. But as always, thanks for listening. It should be a fun basketball year. At least it should be a good. Should be high entertainment. I don't know if they're going to be good. They're going to be bad. It'll be interesting. There's some good pieces. Dirk Wavion's the guy who can carry this team. Right? He's he's good enough to take them as far as they can. I've seen lesser individuals do that. He's got a better team around him than some one man teams in the past. So it'll be fun. As always, thanks for listening. Uh, go leave us a review. I haven't asked for a review in a long time. If you're uh, Apple Podcasts, go on Apple or Spotify. Just drop us a review. Tell us if we're crazy or not. Uh, but as always, thanks for listening. Go Pack. I was